Hello, and welcome to the Cinetific Institute. I am podcast professor Jason Harding. And I am podcast professor Atticus Blake. And at this institute, we take the science of popular movies and dissect it to see if the science in those films holds up. Isn't that right, Professor Blake? Kinda. And this week, I've been infected by a disease that is trying to kill me. So if I'm a little wonky, that's why. Right? Yes, I infected you with that. I I sent you a box of feces and then... I shouldn't have eaten them then. Yeah. What was I thinking? Anyway, you know what time it is, Professor Blake? What time is it? We were fucking wrong. You know, as brilliant as both of us are, we occasionally get things wrong. Also, we leave things out that people think might be, maybe we should have put in the last show. Or sometimes people come up with brand new ideas that are really, really cool and we didn't even think about them. And so that's why we have this segment dedicated to what we did last time, which was the science of alien, right, Professor Blake? Yes. And it seems we got we, a lot wrong. <laughs> or there are some people who have been chomping at the bit for the last three years to get their word in. Of course. And they flooded the comments. So remember, guys, if you think that we're wrong or we missed something or there's something you'd like to add, please leave a comment on SoundCloud on this show and we'll maybe read it in the next show. And I'll argue who is with the, you about it. Who is the first person that says we're full of shit? Uh, well, let's see. We have uh, Francois Lacombe. Okay. Ah, Francois Lacombe. Um, okay, so um, we're, let's go to... Okay. Um, he's, when we were talking about um, the frogs and how they can be frozen and then defrosted and they're... He, not all frogs. He said, it's not all frogs. North American wood frog is the best at it, but even even it can't survive being completely frozen solid. Okay, no. we o- were wrong. Only that weird cricket. And I think it lives in New Zealand or something. Okay, and he said, um, we didn't we didn't exactly specify how long they, they could be in hypersleep, but they say even decades, Ripley stays. Uh, in the 60 shuttles, years. 57 years, yeah. 57 yeah. years. But that's the second movie, so I think I think that's more of a... But it's the same technology. Yes, it is. Um, let me see. Uh, he says, the ship obviously has artificial gravity, so you'd have to turn obviously. it on in the hypersleep chambers to avoid the bed sore problem. However, I'm just going to add a caveat. When we see them in the ship, there is no... Hi- there is no... Uh, uh, there is no... The, gr- the gravity's not turned off. Even when they, don't they, happen that, upon, they happen upon Ripley's ship in the second movie and she's laying in the bed that is true yeah. unless they turned it on before they mm-hmm. grab her or whatever but again that's a speculation but it's a good point they could just turn off the gravity and they yeah. floaty float yes they would um, so he says uh, Francois Lacombe also says it looks like he has a complex hydraulic system that acts like our muscles when talking about ash um, it's not that far fetched spiders have something like that to move their legs um, that's true to which micro Replied, yes, uh, robot, uh, soft robotics are already a thing. Yes. Um, let me see. Um, there are no acids or acid mixtures that are as active when we as what we see in the movie. However, it's not impossible for the acid's potency to be vastly enhanced by special enzymes or other organic factors to sim, uh, specific the specific to the xenomorph's biology. Okie dokie. But uh, I still know of no strong acid like that that can burn through certain types of plastic. It's just not possible. This is all about the acid for blood bullshit. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Horizontal gene transfer um well the horizontal no well his disagreement was that it, it's a thing here on earth uh however it is i said uh, my 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 caveat is that if it evolved on a different planet it would be very unlikely it might not even have the same number of um base pairs uh it might not and how why would it just go oh, okay i guess i'll read this now like why it wouldn't do that it'd be like mm. trying to it'd be, it'd be like trying to match a, a human with a you know a dog they won't it won't just anneal because you feel like it um there are channels on youtube where humans and dogs are very happy together how dare you making babies yeah sure i didn't say that you said that (laughs) 
Um, let me see. Microbloganism, our favorite commenter, says, Your brain mm. slows down to cool when uh, cool the body. That's why drowning in warm water will lead to brain damage in a few minutes, while it takes around 20 minutes in cold water. So only drown in the Antarctic, everybody. <laughs> yes, I'll just make sure that that's how I drown. Don't drown in Hawaii or in the bathtub. <laughs> Uh, he says, when we were talking about warp drive, we said something about uh, how it moves faster than light, and he explained, no, the whole point is that you aren't moving, but instead warping space-time. That's why you can go faster than light. Yes. Um, do, do, do. Um, they wouldn't necessarily have any metabolic requirements, even if they are in the form of, crypto, in the form of cryptobiosis, or mm -hmm. most likely cryobiosis. Their, meta their meta metabolism would be zero by definition. Um, I think microbiogenism had a great one. When you said you smelled that bottle of whatchamacallit acid, uh, and you said it smelled like burning. Yeah, I'm like, come on, he knew what I was saying. <laughs> he wrote, it wasn't the smell that was burning. It was, it it was, was the, the you. It was the you. <laughs> yes, that's why it smelled like burning. It was, uh, it was 12 molar hydrochloric acid. I got a B uh, minus for my total grade in organic chemistry, by the way. I'm very happy Yay, with myself. Congratulations. Now on to Orgo 2. Round 2, die. Um, <laughs> let me see. Um, you can you can cut all this out. I'm not. I'm leaving it all in. I'm going to speed um, it up so it sounds says, like you have a weird tick. He says, arthropod size isn't limited by their skeleton. They have a three meter long millipedes. But I think we were talking about uh, uh, arthropods that were like the size of buildings. Um, um, I think it was. I my implication was was that an arthropod the size of the alien in Aliens. I don't think its musculature would be able to the way an insect has a musculature could support that weight. But I suppose it's possible. Yeah. Millipedes were very very large, but they were also very very low, and they had hundreds of legs. I don't know if it was hundreds, but a lot of legs. So they were low to the ground, mm. and they could maybe raise up, and they were really cool and they were really big. But as far as like, like giant dog-like ants. I mean, we had some big dragonflies. Yeah, yeah. We had some other large-ish um, insects. He says that the limitation is actually because of the amount of oxygen in the air and how that is very functions. true. That is, yeah. that is very true. But I wasn't. I didn't mean to imply that the musculature limited their size. But I may have done that. So I was whatever micro fine. <laughs> Um, so he caught something that I missed and forgot to say uh, last yes. week that I wanted to say, which was in my notes, but I missed it. He said, you no. can't make silicon-based DNA because silicon can't form double bonds. Uh, right. Carbon can, and that's why it's so awesome. Um, okay. Um, let me see. He said, so... I said in the last episode that in the bloodstream, it, uh, any strong acid would normally rip, uh, would, would normally, um, uh, the oxygens would take the hydrogens and immediately form water. Um, uh -huh. And he, and he uh, said that uh, it, it means O2 in the blood. I said oxygen. Mm. It will react uh. with oxygen as in an OH at the end of a molecule. Um, but mm. he said oxygen as in O2, which is what we breathe, which is correct. Mm. So yeah. he's saying there is no known reaction where <clears throat> where that would happen. Otherwise, hydrochloric acid uh, open to the air would automatically turn into water once it hits the air. Yeah, uh, and that I, makes sense. I could not find a reaction that does that. So, <laughs> nina, 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 bo -bo. Okay. okay, we get it. We're dumb. Okay, jeez. Um, That's enough. He said the word is diatome, not diat diastome, which I kept saying last week. Yes, it is diatome. Okay. How do you know that this, this the, 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 I think he's referring to the mouthpiece. Uh, how do you know it's specialized? You don't see any other species from its home world. For all you know, those things are standard for life on it. I don't know that. That's why we can't assume that it isn't. Yeah. Well, okay. So <laughs> it's, a, it's an argument from a lack of evidence, which is we don't know what the other species on this home planet, maybe all of them do. The plant eaters, everybody has a secondary little mouth that comes out the, of the regular the mouth. The primate-like species, too. All of them. Everybody. Birds, worms, everything has a form of that secondary mouth, and it's it's quite common, and everybody's got it, and they all use it for different things. Maybe. It's possible. We can't call it specialized. It's got a thing. That's more accurate. Uh, right? We can't say it's specialized. Okay. So he and I argued in the comments, because that's just what we have fun doing, and he said, there's nothing stopping a creature I, from evolving. Please don't read all the comments. No, he said, there's nothing <laughs> Stopping a, a creature. If you want to read this, you can go to the comments. <laughs> 
uh, because it matters. <laughs> it, it matters. Uh, he says, there's uh-huh. nothing stopping a creature from evolving blood with a low, very low pH. I don't know why you keep saying it can't. I said, yes, there is. Definitely not so acidic it can burn through metal and glass. And he right. said, oh, well, metal. Oh, maybe not metal and glass. Certainly metal. But you can, you can evolve a stomach full of hydrochloric acid and the functional enzymes, and I don't see why life on another planet couldn't evolve another body fluids at low pH. However, our summation was that it wasn't the blood for acid. It was a defense mechanism. I'm just saying that. All right, let me see. Um, Um, There are no others. What? That's it. Yay! Great. Now that we can put that behind us, let's let's show everybody how much we don't know about physics and aliens landing on Earth and um, astronomy. Are you ready, guys? Because we're now going to do the science of that popular little popcorn munchy film from the 90s, Independence Day. Yay! The lovely story about how our founding fathers gathered in Philadelphia to sign the Declaration of Independence. That didn't happen. And then happen. aliens came. And then what? I said, that didn't happen that way. It did, because I just watched it with a fever, and that's exactly what happens. And Ben Franklin punched one, and he said, "Welcome to Earth." And and then he invented bivocals <laughs> and the skateboard. <laughs> and this, yeah, shut up. He did. And no, he. Skateboard. I believe he did. That, well, it may be a, the skateboard uh, was officially invented in 1957. Uh, so, as I understand it, he actually invented a rudimentary skateboard that he actually hurt his back on trying to ride. <laughs> Well, yeah, because the robes were paved with, like, boulders, and (laughs) there's no flat surface. This is the perfect way to get around. (laughs) Mm, A genius of... Someone of my genius can use this everywhere. As you guys know, Independence Day was a movie that came out in the early 80s, directed by Roland Emmerich. The early 80s? You mean 1994? My phone just rang. Just a second. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck everybody. All right. Independence Day is a science fiction movie made in the early 1990s, directed by Roland Embrick and starring Jeff Goldblum and a bunch of other people that we don't give a shit about because we're talking about the science. It's a story about aliens coming to Earth for some reason to take all our resources, right? Because they're like locusts, that's what they said. Hey, 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 Jason. Hey, Jason. What is it? So, so I actually... Let me... I'm going to do the plot. Let me do the plot. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get into the science. I'm just, in case anybody hasn't seen it. <laughs> the plot's stupid. Just, the just plot's shut your stupid. brain off when you watch the movie. And then, and then they they destroy a bunch of cities, and then we fight back, and we win. Yay, the end. We wouldn't, though. <laughs> but it's also a bucket of fun to watch. It is. It and is. and um, it's become, unfortunately, a classic. So what we're going to do, is it, it, our, this show is not about the quality of the film or its entertainment value. It's about the science that they present in the movie, right, And how professor? does it look to us uh, professors? That's right. Our, and what kind of science is it bestowing unintentionally onto the audience? Yes, and to the layman, okay. which is definitely not us. Yeah, which is definitely. <laughs> so, what would you like Jesus, to start with first? Isn't that the joke? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, don't ask me while I'm while I'm flu ridden. Uh, what's your Jeez What's Louise. your first question? What is your first conundrum? The very first thing in the movie. Uh huh. We're on the moon. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We're on the moon. Okay. And we can see a footprint in the moon. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we hear a a noise. <laughs> We hear a noise mm-hmm. on the moon. <laughs> well, the moon does actually have a small atmosphere. Of? Of, I don't know what the atmosphere is made of, and I don't want to be corrected on it. But it does have but a it, very thin atmosphere. Uh, but not enough to carry sound waves okay, very far. But inside the helmet, there is the regular nitrogen-oxygen-argon mixture for the, nat- the, the, the astronaut. So they would hear a sound, wouldn't they? Vibration. But we're not, we're not an astronaut. It's just they're shooting the moon. There's nobody on the moon. We're not hearing something from okay. somebody's perspective. So they assume everybody in the theater is stupid. Yes. Okay. And then everything starts. Starts a vibrating. Uh huh. And and one of the footprints vibrates away. Is that and that is that that possible? means the moon vibrated. <laughs> Would it vibrate like that? 
No! No. It wouldn't vibrate like that. However, the moon <coughs> the moon would be affected by the size of this goddamn ship. How big is That's it, right. Jason? The, the, the ship is, according to the movie, it's one quarter the size, uh, one quarter the mass of our moon. That's... That's a big fucking thing. That's... If that crashed into the Earth, it would kill us. Everything for a long time. That is a massive object. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it would have its own gravity. <laughs> Which would move the moon, but not the way it's depicted, probably. No, so I don't... Well, it wouldn't turn turn it into one of those sexy beds that you get at a motel where you put a quarter in well, and it I shakes. Why can't it? I want it to do that. It, no, it would. It might move it a few, depending on how close to the moon it is and where it is. It'll move it, it would definitely, huh? It'll move it. It'll move it. Hey, I got a question. Mm-hmm. When do we detect this gigantic ship? Right when we see it first in the film. <laughs> you mean right next to our fucking moon? Yeah. So no, we would have seen something like that coming from a <laughs> long time away because the sun's light would have been reflected off of it. I don't remember them saying anything about a cloaking mechanism, right? Uh, and, and there's no, uh, it's it's not yet. Yeah, it, it's not cloaked. We would have seen that thing coming from a long, t- like <laughs> for a long, a time. really long way away. Um, and moreover, it takes a really long time for someone to look up in the fucking sky to see it because i can guarantee you if something that a quarter the size of our moon was up in the air uh, we see the moon during the day roland emmerich we can see the moon during the day we'd be able to see this ship floating up in the sky wouldn't we yes we would uh and uh it also it would have an effect it would have an a gravitational effect mm-hmm. on the tectonic plates of the earth Yes. As well as the oceans and the tides. There would mm-hmm. be, mm, uh, I don't know about massive, but there would be earthquakes. We would feel that. Even if even if we didn't see it from a long ways off, because say it jumped out of, it just came out of hyperspace and then just boom, right next to the moon. Yeah, well, that would be worse. It would, it would, it, we, would <laughs> we would start feeling that. We would start feeling that. Okay, you're adding a, another quarter of the mass of the moon. We would definitely feel that. We would, it, like mm-hmm. the oceans would rise in certain areas on Earth. Um, so, and then I did a little... What shape is it? Uh, What's the shape of this? Uh, It kind of looks like a big hat. It looks like a big hat. Yeah. Like this kind of big triangle-y kind of shape. Hey, what happens to things that get really big that have their own gravity in space? I don't know. What happens, Jason? They want to form a ball real bad. They want to form a ball really, really badly. And so how do you think they overcame the ship's that a matter's tendency to want to kind of form a ball in space? Well, how strong do you think that fucking infrastructure has to be? Uh pretty strong. So again, that, no. that's that's one of the things they don't mention in the in the film uh is what no. the ship is made of. They don't. They don't no, say what they it's. Don't. They say. I think they say it's a metal, an unknown metal. Is that what they said? I don't even think they mentioned the metal. Oh, okay, I'm maybe thinking of another movie. But either mm-hmm. way, they just think, oh well, you know, moviegoers are dumb. We don't have to right. explain what we found, even though we've had one of these ships for how long? Oh, since, Area 51. Uh, since, ni- <laughs> since 1947. So uh, that's a long ass motherfucking time. That's a long time. Not to have analyzed <laughs> what that ship is made of. Right, exactly. <laughs> we would eventually identify it to a certain degree. I mean, even if we didn't know the name that the aliens called it, we would come up with some fucking name, and then we'd try to make it ourselves, more than likely, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I have this distinct feeling that, I mean, because what we know about atoms now is that once they start reaching a certain size, they fall apart, mm-hmm. right? And we have a we have a, a thing called the periodic table of elements, and it pretty much covers everything, even stuff that we only made for a fraction of a second. Very true. Right? Very true. And the reason we only made it for a fraction of a second was because the instant it was made, it fell apart. Yeah, let's just keep smooshing stuff together. Just keep smooshing stuff. <laughs> yes! Why not? Something with 900, 900 protons. Uh, protons in it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so here's something that I noticed, okay? Uh, I, I was actually looking up, and one thing that always occurs to me when we do an alien invasion movie, when they come to the Earth, what are they looking for, Jason? What are they always looking for? It depends. Women? 
Uh, maybe. 1950s, it was women. Maybe they want to ravage our women, but what else? Uh, they usually want our stuff. Our natural resources, right? Right. Okay, so I-, I went and looked up and read about a little thing called game theory. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. It is actually less likely for aliens to us. Uh, uh, surmised, and you, it, and I'm not going to do a whole thing on game theory, but it's actually surmised that right. it's very unlikely that they would come to us to do that, considering how advanced they are and the technology that mm-hmm. they have, because it would be they would actually be better off violating what we know as the prime directive. They well, would be yeah. if in the in the search for natural resources, it would be better for them to aid us in getting to where they are technologically because it would help it would help us help them like the uh-huh. movie Arrival it's not quite the right. same thing but it is a trade off we help you you yeah. help us it would be better they say in 3000 years you help us mm-hmm. so we're coming back to the past and helping you reciprocity reciprocity actually works better here's the second mm-hmm. thing uh, what natural resources is are worth crossing light years of space for none cuz i can tell you this much any natural resources that they could have gotten off of our planet they could have easily gotten from all of the fucking asteroids they passed on their way to get here not to and mention gas water from an yeah, <laughs> yeah. from this is gold go for nickel ammonia and... when i can just get it out of uh is it neptune or or uh yes yeah, it... jupiter neptune you can get your gases from there um we have three gas giants neptune saturn jupiter you could get water from europa and from a couple other planets i think that that have formed uh, frozen water on its surface maybe even liquid water under beneath the frozen the top layer on europa you can get the you can get everything that you would need without having to kill a fucking individual person and uh, even before you reached earth you you'd have to make nine trips before you got to earth yes Okay, and so uh, uh, here's another one. Okay, so they come. They start breaking off into little pieces that fall. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Here's the here's the other thing. Uh, uh-huh. Robert Loggia is fucking right, and everybody mm-hmm. ignores him when he says, he's like, well, he not ignores him, but they, they say, they say, why don't we just fire nukes at it at first? And, this and blow it out of the and sky. And he's like, and risk turning one giant, prod, one giant thing into many small falling things. Hey, uh, Jason... What do they do to the goddamn thing in the end of the movie? They blow it up, and now radioactive things are falling onto the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. It's very true. Now, the, one of the things that people have always said is that if there was ever an asteroid or a comet that was approaching the Earth, we blow it up with a nuke, which we can't do. But even if we could blow it up with nukes, it would just turn those objects into radioactive pieces of debris that would fall. And here's the thing. Okay, so you have a large object. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a mile-long object and it strikes the Earth. Um, and it imparts its energy, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you broke up that thing and all those pieces fell, they'd say, oh, well, they're just smaller pieces. It's still giving the same amount of energy. It's dispersing it over a wider area. And as dust in the atmosphere, which isn't good. And, yeah, and it could potentially heat up the atmosphere. You would still wind up with a lot of the same effects if yeah. the big thing hit. <laughs> hey, Jason, speaking of uh, heating what? up the atmosphere, um, yeah, each one of those little ships that kind of break off how the 13 how, yeah, the, those ships that are 13 miles in diameter 15 miles long as i recall 15, which okay. makes it even worse uh, it makes it even bigger <laughs> so uh it's projected i got this from a website uh called the uh, rocket scientists reaction to uh independence day and this guy had a lot on and he projects that it would actually be each one of them would weigh about 800 billion tons. Right. Yeah. Now, how? First off, uh, the depiction of it careening through the atmosphere, even though they try to make it look like, oh, look, it's giving off heat because it's coming into the atmosphere, it no. would be thousands of times hotter and more. Yep. At, it, yep. Even if they were slowly coming into the atmosphere. And uh, how many of these things landed? I don't know, like 20 of them? Yeah, um, even 20 of them, even 15, 15 miles across each. What kind of effect do you think that would have on the atmosphere? Number one, no matter how slowly they descended into the atmosphere, they would begin to heat up. Mm-hmm. That's just the first part. They would begin to heat up. Now, let's say they found a way to disperse that heat so it didn't reflect back into our atmosphere and start warming up our environment. 
Let's say that they could absorb it and they could transfer it off and dissipate it or absorb it as energy or whatever. The next thing that's going to happen is no matter where it moved or how slowly it moved, it would start creating its own electrical charge. A massive one. Because it's a large object moving through our atmosphere and that creates friction, which in turn creates an electrostatic charge. Happens on planes, it happens on blimps, it happens on anything large moving through the atmosphere. So it should have been shooting off huge lightning strikes everywhere it went. Yes. And but I didn't see that. No, 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 because the m- magic. <coughs> magic. <laughs> yeah, magic. Magic metal. Magic metal. It actually only weighed about, uh, you know, four and a half pounds because of the magic metal, too. That, there's that. Um, can I ask a question? Sure. We see them descend into our into our atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then hover above the city. Okay, magic. Yeah, because I don't see anything underneath it that is keeping that is supporting it. Uh-huh. Do you see any? Well, engine, I mean, maybe they discovered any... the graviton and how to manipulate it. And <laughs> <laughs> then why are they invading our planet? Uh, you know, because resources. That's the other thing. <laughs> First off. Game theory surmises there's no reason for them to come and see us except to give us our technology. They don't do that. Right. They have no mm. need to come to our planet because all the resources they need they can find in the asteroid belt or at the in the gas giants or any other moon. There's probably water in Europa. Why the fuck are they mm-hmm. coming to see us? Oh, just to terrorize us so we can have Will Smith also, say what? they have the ability for their ships to hover about their eight, what is it, 800 billion tons? It's more than that. It's, 800 billion. Eight, eight, yeah. 800 billion tons? ships can levitate above a city so they have engines powerful enough to keep that shit aloft for days on end without refueling or any other support it seems and like. and uh, and for to energize it little ships uh, for a counterattack along with a <laughs> massive weapon Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> a massive weapon that discharges what hey, hold on <laughs> goop <laughs> yeah it's blue stuff it, yeah, right. it discharges a witch's asshole. That's what it did. <laughs> this big dick vagina opens up on the bottom of the ship, and then it shoots once, and then creates a, uh, I don't know what, a fire wave? Mm-hmm. Is that what? Okay, a fire wave. Kind of like okay. a shock wave, except... There doesn't seem to be generated from any type of massive explosion, unless you count the building that explodes. But um, does is that a is that a thing that can happen? What? No, uh, it's okay. So um, let me see. It uh, it's saying that the shock the shock wave when he when I'm I'm looking at the same uh, nuclear physicist or astrophysicist here. Uh, when the yeah. shockwave of it hits the first building and we see it come out, it's definitely moving faster than the speed of sound. Right. How do people outrun them? R- outrun the blast? I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, these, we yeah. know people do, or at least one person does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, they. A plane takes off faster than it. Faster than the fire, uh, the fire wave at any rate. Remember, the president's plane takes off. They only reach about 274 miles an hour when they're taking off. Of course, yeah. So, so it's not moving real fast. Now, uh, the, also, the energy of that blast probably wouldn't have left anything. Nothing. Not even, not, no. See, our nuclear weapons are capable of, of doing some major damage, right? Mm-hmm. But there are some husks of buildings and poles standing up. Uh, with the way that this, this energy beam is depicted, the witch's asshole. It, yeah. it would it, it quite literally that it it supports it's saying that it's it propagates and gets stronger as it goes. It would mm-hmm. it would level everything to dust. Which would be stupid because too. we have resources on the land as well, don't you? I know, but they they I don't because um they want the, the uh, stuff we haven't gotten yet. I guess but maybe I maybe know. if there's terror in our meat, we'll taste better. <laughs> terror? I don't think they want to eat us. Um, I don't think they want to eat us. There would be, to be yeah, it would be molten. It would be molten glass. <laughs> 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 just just fucking molten glass. 
Uh. Okay, so then we decide we're going to send some sh- some planes out to go pew-pew. And these fighter planes don't move like any fighter planes that we have in existence, because they can bank and turn sharply. In fact, one can even I gotta fly say, down the Grand Canyon. I don't know much about Air Force. I mean, Air I do, Eagles. and that's not possible. For them to, what, <laughs> like, turn at a 90-degree angle? So they're flying F-16s, okay, and F F-16s have a, all jet planes at speed have a specific turning radius. Now, they can go supersonic, they can go faster than the speed of sound. Um, but they're not going to be in a dogfight at the speed of sound, okay? If they're going to be in a dogfight with another with another plane, Actually, yeah. they're going to slow down. If they're down. going more than the speed of sound, the the rockets mm-hmm. that they fire in front of them... You don't do that when you're flying But what I'm FX. saying is, do the rockets that fire in front of them go more than supersonic? Do they have to... Cause they, remember, they the, rockets, the rockets and missiles that a, that a plane is carrying is traveling just as fast as the plane when they launch. They also have an additional rocket booster on the missiles and on the rockets on the on the plane that will launch them forward, but not if they're traveling too fast. They'll just catch up with the take... damn thing, won't they? No, they'll just, you know, once the clamps release to release a missile and you're going at supersonic speeds, the wind resistance just knocks them backwards and you're lucky if they don't they hit the plane and they become a they become a hazard to the to the plane and the and the pilot. So when they start engaging these guys, they're, they're, they seem to be f- flying fairly slowly. In fact, maybe too slowly to stay in the air. Just I'm just basing this from what I observed. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, one of the pilots goes down into, in, into the Grand Canyon and is maneuvering through the Grand Canyon. And these planes can't maneuver that way. They're moving very, very fast. They calculate their turns in miles when they turn, mm-hmm. just like any other airplane, okay? They're not nimble little starfighters like we see in Star Wars, but apparently these F-16s can do that now. So I'm calling bullshit on the science of that. Okay. And I'm calling bullshit on the force field. You're calling bullshit on force fields? Well, that's the thing, though. Magic? <laughs> well, I would say magic since we don't know what the force field is made out of yeah. or how they're making it appear. I mean, and it's able to I could not some pretty powerful fire. Our rockets are our ICBMs oh, yeah. and also our rockets from that we fire are pretty powerful. I did look up a little mm-hmm. bit about those. That if you you fire one of those rockets at a house again, you you could I mean it it explodes pretty powerfully and it's not I mean mm-hmm. it's not so, um, so the the aliens, um, they're psychic, huh? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> well, they do control the president and control uh, Mr. Data there. Mr. Data, yeah. yay! Um, yeah, uh, Brent Spiner's in this. So, if they're that powerful, why not just, um, I don't know, tell everybody on Earth to kill themselves? I don't know. Maybe they have to touch. Oh no, they don't have to touch them. Because he did it through the glass. Um, no. Maybe they're not that. I don't know. No, he did. When he was when he was doing the mind higgity diggity diggity on the president, he was doing it through the glass. Remember? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That was because that's, that, that's not Telepathy. a thing. Telepathy question. <laughs> Telepathy isn't a thing that exists. Yes, but the witch's the witch's asshole. Does. <laughs> <laughs> let's still let's keep keep to the ships for now. So they have a force field. Uh-huh. Okay. Now in Star Trek. They have force fields, too, and they have a whole bunch of techno jargon around how the force fields work, why they the force fields fail, when they say a force field is at 75%, what that means. It means that they're diverting a certain amount of the ship's power in order to put a protective shield that can deflect, ener- deflect and absorb energy, mm-hmm. right? So, this force field appears to do the same thing, except it makes a neat basketball sound when you... <laughs> with something and and I need to I mean is that thing because I looked everywhere are there any is there anyone working on force fields uh-huh. and I could not find jack or shit okay is can force fields exist but in that one in this I kind of just want to suspend disbelief <laughs> because obviously <laughs> just say like- uh, well, they do. Yeah, well, I I do when I want. I mean, that thing, I that kind of thing, I just suspend suspend that because it it they're coming as aliens. Okay, their technology is better than ours. It's just some right. of the science doesn't make sense. I mean, also, just, why couldn't they bombard us from space? Uh, yeah. Why did they have to land? That is yeah. Weird. I mean, their their ship is not much further above the explosions that they're causing, mm-hmm. right? In fact, they're floating maybe maybe 300 yards above it. That's a large, large amount of energy to go out, unless, of course, the energy is just going out sideways and not upwards, like, like energy does, right? Because energy can be controlled on a flat plane, right? 
Sure, why not? Oh, um, let me see. Uh, so we've had the technology for fifty years. Yeah. So here's the one. Here's the one thing. The one thing that I found in this whole movie that kind of makes sense, but they don't say it. What? Okay. So the way we defeat them is that we hack into their system and we plant oh, oh, a virus I'm sorry, that Jason. makes all the. Um, yeah. How did Jeff Goldblum uh, learn how to read their language? I don't know. Uh, and how did he end up learning how to write their codes such that he could actually write a virus that would infect their alien chip? There's only one possibility. How's that? You ready? You ready? (laughs) We've had their technology for 47 years. Okay, but they don't say this. (laughs) Yeah, they don't say this, but watching the film, this is the only possibility that I could come up with is that our technology, our computer, uh, the way our computers work and everything else, any of our technological advances, had its starting point by mimicking what we found on that alien ship that we had captured in 1947. Okay, so that but we can't control the Graviton? No. So that's the is, big wait, problem. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to have to say, though, Commander Data does <laughs> say, he says, uh-huh. they weren't, there. there's not much they, they could discover about how the ship worked until, until, until the mothership showed up. Oh, that doesn't does make any say that. That doesn't so make it, any sense, does it? Well, what is it? it again, magic? <laughs> I mean, the components are still there, right? So in the in the book they said they've had it for 47 years, but until the mothership showed up, it didn't turn on. And apparently our scientists are so stupid that we need electricity running through electronic components to figure out what the electronic components are for, right? But is it running on electricity? Do they even say that? I don't know. It's running on blue goop. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry, but I'm saying I'm calling bullshit on him learning their their language that quickly. He didn't learn their language. He did not learn their computing language or their if they even have a language. I mean, they do because we see readouts on the ship that obviously have some sort of language on them. Okay, and also, why relay in, in radio? Why relay the countdown in radio? See, so... <laughs> okay. So we can actually detect Alright, so in the movie, they uh, use our own satellites to relay messages back and forth to all the ships to, so that they could run a countdown so that they'll all attack all at the same time. Right? This ship, the ships that can hover on their own <laughs> with no... Uh, uh, um, uh, with seemingly unlimited unlimited power have difficulty communicating with one another because you would think that the mothership would just launch its own satellites so that they could communicate with one another. I mm-hmm. mean, it is fact-based. You can, you have to bounce satellite signals to get a signal around the Earth because the Earth is round. Mm-hmm. And so, and radio signals travel in a straight line. But there's no reason for them that get all this way. They have all this technology. They have a ship a quarter the size of our moon and they're too lazy to make their own satellites so that they can communicate with one another. They're just going to use ours. What if we didn't have them? What if we didn't have satellites? <laughs> that would have sucked. <laughs> well, they're psychic, too. Well, yeah. Hey, 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 here's something I was reminded of that I found on that same website from this wonderful gentleman who decided, dissected this video. Okay. Okay. If if the 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 ship is actually made of iron, yes. Okay. The moment that it, the shell of the the shell of the um, let me see. Do, 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 do. You would not. Uh, oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to. No, this is for later. What? When we when we blow up the ship. Oh, right? okay. We're getting close to it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. What's, what's another thing you noticed? Uh. Well. Okay. So, uh, one nuke exploded something that's a quarter size of the moon. Uh, absolutely not. Mm-mm. Absolutely no. not. It would have... Uh, okay, uh, so it looked very porous when they went inside. There was actually a gigantic cavernous uh, entryway, correct? Right, right. Um, also, each one seemed to be a sort of honeycomb shell, uh, each little place where there were people working. Yeah. Uh, they're all psychic. How did they also not detect them inside the ship? I know that's just a yeah, I know, plot hole, because... but once they're inside of the ship, how does the ship, mothership, not know that the ship is the, the ship that's coming in is 50 years old? Because it's convenient. <laughs> it's Okay. Uh, it's convenient. And it's also, they've had no uh, technological advancement in in the last uh, 40 years. Or 50, 40 some odd years. Yeah. No no technological advancement. They also don't ever scan the insides of the ship to make sure that there are people inside of them. If, I'm assuming they have that technology. I would hope so. 
No, they yeah. just bring it in for a nice soft landing, and then one nuke destroys it. Now, nukes are powerful. Yeah. I, wouldn't you agree? Yes. So unless they got that nuke next to some sort of power core, and even if it did, it would just destroy the power core, the rest of the ship would probably remain intact. But instead, it illuminates brighter than the fucking sun. <laughs> So let's let's just say for the sake of the sake of uh, the sake of consistency, let's say okay, yes. Instead of instead of what happened in the movie, what would it take to do that? We send up our entire nuclear arsenal, and this is what I was getting at. For okay, uh, that is okay. It is a a 550 kilometer shell of just molten iron mm-hmm. illuminated the exposed hemisphere mm-hmm. with a minimum of 17 megaton equivalents of light per second right okay and that is uh that is 3 billion megatons it's saying i'm sorry mm-hmm. um yeah. that or 30 dino killers <laughs> i'm sorry but no nobody would be living on earth after <laughs> no if something that big exploded right next to earth even if it was in the same orbit as the moon, mm-hmm. that amount of energy in th- in the explosion that they depicted would have burned a scar across the surface of the Earth. It would probably have burned ra- off our fucking atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> it would have killed most of us, if not all of us. Um, not to mention the fact that we now have twenty of these gigantic shifts impacting the ground. Uh, yes, each one of them is eight hundred billion tons, and right. each one of them is fifteen miles across. Uh, do you think that would do anything to the um, I don't know tectonic plates of the planet? Um, I think it would trigger a massive earthquake. We see it actually hit they, in the movie. They make it seem like it just kind of gently lands, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that isn't what happens. So what happens is we okay. So we got to go through this. Number one, they they create a program to go up and they're going to download it to the ship that's going to make all of their systems go crazy so they turn off their force fields, right? Mm-hmm. If he can program and make a computer pro- computer virus that can do that, he could just as easily create a computer virus that tells the ships to fly into the sun, right? That's true. Probably. Or leave. <laughs> But instead, it's only a virus that can only last a little tiny bit of time and to turn off the shield so we can shoot them with our... But they need a tension builder, Jason. Otherwise, they don't have a movie. I guess. So let's talk about the massive design flaw in the ship. What's what's that? Wait. If you shoot its vagina penis, the whole ship explodes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then, as we said in the beginning... (laughs) <laughs> on, ex- on explosion, none of it harms the Earth when it falls to the Earth. No, none of it. It doesn't create any problems, no. right? No. Mm-mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm starting to think that this shit, this movie's going to get a failing great. I don't... We haven't even talked about the aliens yet. Um, actually, I gotta tell you, okay. I kind of liked the aliens. Really? Do you know why? Do you know why? 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 Because they were they were radically different from humans they didn't have they didn't have other than the eyes they had what little teeny arms and tentacles well that was the encounter suits that they wore oh no no on the inside no i didn't notice any tentacles i saw two arms two legs oh the bioshock suits i know that's something that i can appreciate Mm. the bioshock suits while they're flying around in these little amazingly maneuverable spaceships that they drive (laughs) That that is what is probably required for a ship that can maneuver like that. Right. Oh, I, right. I'm sorry. Do you? Uh, how about Will Smith just getting in one of these motherfuckers and flying it because he happens to know how to? Well, the controls are are a lot like. Um... Uh, I think they put in... Okay, I'm, I'm a little confused. Do, did they put in human controls into the oh, ship? Oh, no, did they? I didn't, I didn't see that. I just I thought, thought they did, because they attached a, a, a nuke launcher to the ship mm-hmm. and rigged it up so that they oh, could launch they, it. Oh, and they didn't notice that they were bringing that into the... But the idea that he could climb into it and just immediately fly it without ever practicing once? Uh, yeah. No, no. Oh, bullshit. No. Pilots from other countries who have to pilot other... They have a pretty good idea of what does what, but they're not 100% percent when they when they climb into a foreign made um uh, uh jet or another another type of aircraft mm-hmm. but i mean most stuff is there but they might have problems when they start pushing buttons and the buttons are not in the places that they're used to them being and marked in english so none of the controls are marked in any kind of language there's someone who put up and down right mm-hmm. for the for the for the stick uh-huh. who who did that who flew it and knows what up and down is for the for the plane? And why did they for choose, the why didn't they choose that person and not? <laughs> uh, okay, so another thing that I found. Uh, yes, <laughs> this is really funny. Right? 
So when those ships fall to the earth, okay, mm -hmm. 800 billion tons, 15 miles across, if the saucers were made like the mothership, not only would be the quakes be up to 8.6 on the Richter scale, yep. because of the bulk, they would, they would sink through the solid rock as if it were taffy. <laughs> <laughs> all right i mean that's the last thing i found did you find anything else um that's about all i have for it too i mean oh, yeah. the the ships themselves were designed to be impressive to a movie theater audience not to be impressive to scientists. scientists right exactly like ourselves i mean these things made the 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 flying saucers that were in the movies in the 1950s seem more plausible because they went big they went big but they never investigated what that means to be big mm -hmm. and how that affects the environment had they had that stuff in there had they had like the electrostatic discharge and heating up the atmosphere or had someone said anything fucking scientific at any point that even came close to science when describing these ships that would be great but that wasn't the point of the movie I and think they, they didn't probably, care maybe they did and then Na someone from nasa was like dude no you can't and then they're like yeah but i want to make a movie is this a michael bay movie no, no. it's not who is it no it's from? roland it's his competitor roland emmerich oh all right actually i'm sorry this, That's this one this one is actually more i like it more than any michael bay <laughs> Well, we already did the science of Armageddon. Whew, whew. But sorry. the ships the ships are implausible. We have no idea what powers them. Now, is it possible they found some sort of power source, something something that can provide them with that, unlimited... Why the fuck do they need to come and see us? Exactly. Any explanation for their technology immediately negates their reasons for having to come here and fuck around with us. Because if they, they created a technology that allowed gave them unlimited energy, you know, um, intergalactic space, or, or at least um, space travel, we don't know how fast they travel. Travel. They never even approach that, mm -hmm. right? We don't know if they can travel, seemingly travel faster than the speed it of light. It kind of lumbers when we see they it. Kinda, they kind of slows down. And I'm still not getting over the fact that there is a, a whole day goes by with this ship parked in orbit around our planet and not a single fucking person with their naked eye could see it. Why? Because the movie makers were like, it's daytime. They wouldn't be able to see the ship. It's like, bullshit! Oh my god. <laughs> oh. You never see the moon during the day. I mean, no, never. You never. don't. Not it's a like, single oh, shit. You know what's I, I, and my, one of my favorite things to do is to when I see the moon during the day. I love mm -hmm. seeing the moon during the day. Yeah, I, I love seeing the moon at all. It's a fucking giant rock in the sky. My well, favorite, not a rock. my favorite time it's to see the, the moon and it's just, is it's, when it's <laughs> almost just just past a sunset and it's set and the moon is setting already mm -hmm. and it's lit up orange from the sun like and you can really moon? see the yeah. curvature of the moon and it looks round it's not just a flat disc and it looks big because well, thank the... you for thank you for specifying that it's not a flat disc no 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 but i mean you <laughs> know what i mean people you... you know that believe we live on a flat planet. <laughs> but i mean you can actually see the, you can actually see the dimension of it you can see different shadows on it because the the light's hitting it in a different direction mm -hmm. it's amplified in the sky because of the uh, magnifying effect that yeah. occurs with the with the at the earth's atmosphere that's my favorite when I see the moon. And we would have seen this ship too. <laughs> and yeah, it would have been like, what's that? What's that thing that's, you know, <laughs> just a little bit smaller, but it's there. It looks like it looks like the moon lost its hat. What is that thing? All right, let's talk about the aliens. Sure. What? They don't got them. They don't have no mouths. Mm -hmm. So they're all telepathic, apparently. They no. There's bigger problems than that. What's that? They don't have mouths. We oh, use our so mouths how, for. Why would they understand? Why would they understand English? No. No. We. we uh, the primary function of our mouth is to do what? Eat. Well, eat yes. and breathe. <laughs> eat and breathe. They don't have mouths. Uh huh. The scientist specifically says they don't have a mouth. And my first question is, okay, so how are they ingesting anything? They do they have it. like a a <laughs> pouch? Goes up do their they ass. Have a... <laughs> But they use it to say, oh, they must communicate in some other way. And there are other ways to communicate. You know what would have been neat? They have Sign these language. big they have this big disc shaped head, right? Right above their eyes. They have this kind of like big flattened mm -hmm. disc shaped head. What if that thing had like photophores on it? 
and it would light up and make different patterns and stuff like chromatophores and photophores and it would light up and make different different um, patterns and light light shapes and that's how they communicate with one another that's why they didn't have a mouth they probably just shove food directly up their asshole into their stomach but they could communicate with light and color texture that would be cool right yeah that would be very cool what I'm if they communicated that. what if they communicated in smells like they Ooh, have a very complex yeah. they a complex series of organs that have different different um you know, sacks that have different kind of smells and the way they combine the smells together imparts different information to one another and that's how they communicate. That would be cool. Sign language, you said that too. What if they communicated through sign language? That's cool. But instead, they went by the good old-fashioned boring bullshit that all aliens seem to have, which is... Magic. <laughs> Telepathy. Which is magic. I'm sorry. <laughs> now, would uh. you say that it is physically impossible for creatures to develop the ability to read the electronic signals of another creature's brain? Uh, well, no, uh, we, we can read electric, uh, like we can read electrical impulses in the brain, but as yet, as I understand, we cannot tell you what those things are saying. Like if I'm sitting here thinking about a right. dog, I mm-hmm. don't know, and it may be possible. I don't know if there is some sort of, uh, electrode or attachments that could be put on my head that says he's thinking about a dog. No, that I'm not talking about worldwide news. No, what I'm saying is if the computer yeah. could do it, then I mean, like it would seem more plausible. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, what I'm talking about is, is it possible that an alien species could develop eyesight that could pick up on electric signals? You know, the electric signals of oh, a brain Oh, you're talking working. about something that might be plausible, not... Right, exactly. Um, is it plausible that they have the sight to be able to see or somehow sense the uh, brain patterns and be able to interpret them, understand them, and then communicate back to the other person? Because what this thing does is it transfers, it actually projects its thoughts into the present its brain. And it also, you know, slams Mr. Data up against the wall and makes him talk. Yeah, he makes him into a puppet. Yeah. Is that possible? Uh, well, I mean, there are, so, there are certain type. what, I forgot what the name of it was, but there is a, there is a fungus that can be, that, uh, I can't remember what it attacks. I wish I had looked this up because you made, you just made me think about it on the fly. <laughs> a fungus that manipulates a host's brain to make it, uh-huh. and, and do specific things. Oh, um, you're talking about uh, not rhinoceps, but uh, cordyceps. Yeah, uh, I believe what happens when a human gets it. I don't know. I, nothing. I, I have nothing. Okay, so what happens? It's very specific, specific. Like, uh, like animal that it makes do things. Ants, right? Okay, it's ants. Yeah. So, but the ant lives for a long time with the fungus, correct? Not, ha- not happily. No, no. But let's say that these ant, these creatures evolved a similar type of. A similar type of uh, way of manipulating the a host. So when the, the it, it picks Mr. Data up and it slams him up against the thing, it can automatically use this exact same type of, except faster and mm-hmm. and more, you know, more readily useful. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, release me. So if it, can, it was if yeah. it was injecting something into him. But how did could, it do it with the president, though? He did. I. That's a. I. It means that. Okay. So here's the thing, for telepathy to work as we see it in movies and things like that, it would mean that the brain would be able to generate enough energy and a certain kind of energy that doesn't exist and send it through the air and have it land on another person and be able to manipulate the same parts of the brain for it to see or hear what the other the other person wants it to see and hear. Right. Mm-hmm. Like transferring a memory or something like that. Now, we could potentially do that with electronics. And it would be someone gets sits down, they put on some sort of helmet. The other person sits down, they put on some sort of helmet. And a computer aids in the translation of the electrical waves that it's picking up from one brain Still and translates it. through something, though. That's yeah, thing. but it's not actually <clears throat> taking energy from the brain. It's reading what the that brain is doing. And then it, 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 it uh, manipulates, not manipulates, it creates a mimic of that and then puts it and trans trans uh, transports it to the other brain i do and somehow I, it can stimulate it that way but that is a i lot. do recall jason watching a brain surgery do you remember when the learning channel used to do surgeries that you could just mm-hmm. watch like they saw open someone's knee with a chainsaw and then fucking <laughs> they give them titanium knees now there's right. this one i remember where this person was having brain surgery and they the, mm-hmm. the, the surgeon had opened up their skull and I, 
I do recall him saying, "Okay, so what are you seeing when I touch the guy? The person was awake. Mm-hmm. What are you doing you- when I touch this part, this portion of your brain? What are you seeing?" And they say, "I see a blue circle." And mm-hmm. he's like that, and it, they, he looks at the screen and says, "That's correct." Okay. Now, uh, I mean, but he is physically touching the brain. Like, yes, he's physically touching the brain. Yeah. People are usually awake for brain surgery. Yikes. Because they need they need to be asking the pe- the people a set number of questions during the surgery to ensure that the surgeon has not fucked anything up. Right. So they they ask you certain questions. They say, you know, um, and it's not inherently depending on what part of the brain they're in. Those questions questions are specific to that area, right? So if they're in the area of the brain that controls reading, they'll ask the person who is wide awake because there are there are no pain receptors in the brain itself. They'll say, can you read this? And if they can read it, they're like, great, you're doing great. But if they hold up something that says the orange, um, I'd like five slices of orange, and they go, I'm flying Florence, Florence, they've done something wrong. Okay, <laughs> something has fucking happened. <laughs> Shit, we turned him into Oswald. Yeah, and it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I telepathy in aliens, the way they de- depict it in the movie, is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Maybe between species, but it do- it's not about projecting their thoughts into someone else. It's the ability of one creature to see some sort of electrical discharge or something that they can then interpret and then realize that 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 is a form of communication but the idea that i could look at addy and send my thoughts to him and he would be able to think what i'm thinking no not without not without technology that is at least a hundred or two hundred years away if that if that you're thinking of yellow elephant (laughs) now i am thanks see i did it there you go (laughs) yeah you did it um and that's true uh believe it or not Vocal communication is a form of telepathy because you can walk up to someone and say, you know what, I'm thinking about fucking your mom right now. And the reason we get upset is because our brain goes, mom, this person fucking, and he puts it in your head. And then all of a sudden you get more upset when it makes you horny. Okay, that's enough. It's enough out of you. <laughs> are, you are you forgetting who you have brought on to this podcast? Mm-hmm. So at the end, they, they blow up. <laughs> I am. I'm just I'm moving along. They blow up the ship. The explosion itself oh, should have destroyed mom. the Earth. But it doesn't. The, I guess the explosion just dissipates before it hits the Earth. But what does start crashing onto the Earth? The ships. Yeah. Well, no, said, not just, not just the ships. The mothership is burning up in the atmosphere. Right. Do you know, have any idea what would happen to our environment if something that large started to burn up in our atmosphere? Uh, yeah, we'd die. <laughs> yeah, we'd die. It would it would heat the surface temperature at least to a good oven temperature. Let's say about 500 degrees. Everything would die. Everything would melt. No, the only not thing everything. That would... Remember, the tardigrades okay. would live. Bac- tardigrades bacteria would... would live. Some animals that live in uh, holes. Yes, actually, uh, uh, possibly um, in some insects. Mm-hmm. Little scurrying mammals that live under the ground. The mm. gophers. It's the gophers' turn. <laughs> the ah! gophers. Some of the deep sea life, and yes. probably some of the life that lives at the uh, the medium boundary. Um, but uh, instead, we look at it because it's a fireworks show. Because no one like no one. Who cares? Science. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> I think we're done. I think we're done. Are we done? Because I'm starting to get angry, and I want to know what your grade is. Uh, I'm sorry. As far as the science goes, this this was worse than Aliens. It was. It It was. I'm giving it a D, but not a fail. A D minus? Yeah, let's say a D. No, you can't grade. Now, you can't grade high because it's entertaining. You have to get like, legit. Give it. the science a grade. Uh, it can be. It can be no, really fun. This is my bio. This is my my first exam in biochem. D minus, okay. honey. D minus. Okay, fine. I'm giving it an F. I'm giving it an F. I don't even think anyone bothered to look at a science textbook for any of this bullshit, with perhaps the exception of, well, they wouldn't be able to communicate without satellites. I don't know who walked into the office that day when they were writing the script. This is the pitch, yeah. (laughs) But they should have kept that guy around. Instead, they probably hit him over the head and put him in a dumpster. They're like, oh, well, we better How put dare you ruin our there. fun? Yeah. But it gets an F. You have to repeat this class, Independence Day. 
<sighs> and that's it. Remember, you guys, if you disagree with us or have more to add or you just think we're fucking wrong, please leave a comment in, uh, at SoundCloud underneath this underneath this podcast. And so... Wait, wait, what we, movie are we doing next? Ah, I was wondering if you were going to ask me that question. There's a movie that I've wanted to take a look at for a really long time. Star Wars? No, no, we're not doing Star Wars. No, but we are going to no, do... No, 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 no. We are going to do a scientific... Uh, a sci-fi classic. Oh. In fact, a sci-fi cult classic. Oh, no. Made by a true auteur of filmmaking. Okay. Someone whose films are going to be remembered for a very, very long time. Are you making me do Dune? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Next time at the Cinetific Institute, we're going to lay Dune on our operating table you to see mother- how its heart works. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe but it'll pass. You know Maybe it won't. I love Maybe you. weird space fishmen can bend space time with their minds, but we'll find out. Wait, 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 wait. So just based on the movie? Not just the books, based on the movie. Not, not the, the books, canon. Not, not, the... Not, not the canon. Not anything else. Okay. Just the movie. I got to tell you something, though. <laughs> yes. We had to do we had to do an essay from my evolution class, which I actually got a very very good grade, and I was very excited about that. Uh, and the essay that I did was, she said, "How could a specific animal evolve?" Right. And I chose the sandworm of Arrakis. Yes. Oh boy! I should, let's, I should let's... dig up that piece of paper. <laughs> you because better the because the way it's I... described in the novels. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but thankfully for you, we're not doing the novels. We're doing oh the God. movie. Yes, we're doing the movie. But wait, the David Lynch version or the miniseries version? No, the David Lynch version. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> we do movies in Cinetific, not TV shows. <laughs> All right. Unless you guys haven't caught on, Dune is one of Atticus's favorite science um, fiction stories I'll, yeah I I, uh, but genre, it's not, not genre it's, it's not just that it's because it. I love that movie and I, I think that the movie did not follow the book well but I love it because it's David Lynch because it's so bad it's good I mm-hmm. love David Lynch he is a fucking me too. artist me too me yes. too alright so that's it thank you for joining us once again at the Cinetific Institute I have been Professor Jason Harding. And I has been touching my brain, Atticus Professor uh, Blake. And thank you for joining us at the Scientific, at the Scientific Institute, where what? we... I don't know this put... yet. <laughs> <laughs> Go where ahead. We put the science in brains. Stop it. Where we put the science in fiction. Taking your job away from you. Yeah, but you do Jeez. it. You do it so much better than I do. No, I don't. I've been making dick and fart jokes for the past six years. Come on. You've been making dick and fart jokes since you came out of the frickin' womb. Cinetific is a Let Me Listen podcast production with Jason Harding and Atticus Blake. You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at. LemmeListenPodcast.com You can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemme Listen. Please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Cinetific is also a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute just $1 a month to support this podcast, or any of the other podcasts that Lemmy Listen produces, please visit our page at Patreon. Just search for Lemmy Listen Podcasts. Or you can click the Patreon link on our website. And thanks for listening.